Hey, Derek Wetmore, the two pieces of good news on Jake Odorizzi. Number one, he's one of their best starting pitchers automatically because he's very good. He's not Hugh Darvish at his peak good or Chris Archer good, but he's very good. And number two, they got him for almost nothing. They got him for like their fourth best shortstop prospect who probably doesn't surface into anything spectacular. Yeah, Derek Falvey says that the guy they gave up is a major league caliber player, but you always have to say that. The guy going out, oh, really tough to give him up. I think I want more if, honesty than that from yeah, Falvey. Quite frankly, we fleeced these clowns and they're giving us one of their best starters. Well, in a total moment of honesty, you'd hear them say something like, we needed a starting pitcher, we're thrilled we got somebody who's this good, and what fortunate timing that we just took advantage of the Rays who are trying to dump salary. We got in there at the right time. I think that's what you'd hear uh, on Truth Serum. So, Derek, uh, I was reading an article today from Fangraphs about Odorizzi and uh, potential adjustments that he might make with his fastball location and things like that that could help him improve from last year. So uh, are the Twins looking at him as a guy who's going to perform better than his numbers were last season? I think they are, Matt. I th- so we talked with Falvey yesterday, about the basically just about the signing for 20 minutes, and he said he's got a track record. You look back at the last three years, he's got some 500 innings or so. But he said he still thinks he sees upside in there. There's two things that are interesting about this. One, the Twins have a new pitching coach and a whole bunch of new brain power in the organization trying to figure out how to maximize it. Two, one of those pieces of uh, brain power is Josh Kalk, who was a pitching analyst for the Rays for a number of years. So he'd be very familiar with Jake Odorizzi. He'd also be very familiar with Chris, Chris Archer and Alex Cobb, for what it's worth. But I'm curious to see, are the Twins going to try to make some major change to him, or do they think, ah, there's a pretty good pitcher, he's a mid-rotation starter, and maybe we'll just try to cut down some of those home runs and call it a day. I- I'm curious to see if they're going to tweak anything with his repertoire or... Maybe it's just more about getting back to being healthy. Well, the other thing, too, and so so we actually had uh, Mark Topkin on from the Tampa Bay Times who's yeah. been covering the Rays for, I mean, I, I think since their inception. And he said, and this is one of the best, most plugged-in beat writers in the country, and he didn't even, like, he wouldn't be able to pick Josh Kalk out of a room nine years in Tampa because they were, they were that secretive about about what they were doing behind the scenes. So I do think there's going to be, with what the Twins are putting together behind the scenes, there's going to be an uptake and some and some help for all pitchers. But now that Jake Odorizzi isn't in the American League East anymore, I mean, his first three starts of last year came against New York, Toronto, Boston, three of the best lineups in baseball. Yeah. Uh, so you're facing, on a regular basis, some of the most daunting lineups in the game, and you want to be able to get those lineups out, especially if you're going to play in the playoffs. But replacing, let's say, New York, Toronto, and Boston with, oh, I don't know, the Tigers and the White Sox and the rebuilding Royals is going to help a lot for Jake Odorizzi. I agree. I I think pitching in the Central is going to be good for him. When you look at ballpark-adjusted ERA measures, uh, baseball reference uses ERA+, plus, which for, uh, for Matthew in the audience, he says... You know, you take your ERA and you compare it with what everyone else is doing around the league so that you try to get it on a scale where 100 is average, 105 would be 5% better than average. And that basically eliminates the ballpark effect. Over the last three years, Jake Odorizzi, 108 ERA plus, which is right up there with guys like Chris Archer. So, look, I'm not saying he's going to be an ace, Phil, but I think that a move out of the East will help. I think that the Twins can possibly get something more out of the talent that he has. 
And if he can stay healthy, I think this is a very solid bet to be a mid-rotation starter, which on a twin staff is something they very badly needed. So what is next? Because uh, the other night when I see Jeff Pass and tweet out they're going to make a move with the Rays, I went, oh, wow, yes. this is awesome. Chris Archer, I can't wait. I hope that they put out like uh, things you could put on your head that are like his hair or something, sure. right? Like, this would be you, so cool. You were getting excited. Yeah. No, I mean, I love Chris Archer as a player, and I thought this would be fantastic. And uh, I think he had shirts with his head that looked – anyway. So when that doesn't happen, I feel like maybe there's a little air out of the sails and people still feel like, eh, okay, that was nice, but you're still a little ways away from actually competing with someone like the Cleveland Indians. Is there another move that we should expect on the way? Yes, but I don't know if it's going to come – before opening day. I think the Twins are going to try to load up some more because I agree with what you're saying, Matt. There is there is just a... It's a step down. There's no two ways about it. I mean, you, Darvish, could potentially add several meaningful wins to a team that like right now looks like a little bit better than a 500 club, but I don't think even the Twins would say they're a sure bet to be a playoff team. You look around the rest of the American League, there are just too many teams that got a lot better, and the Indians are still the Indians. So... I still think they'll need to load up more, uh, make a, whether it's a higher impact starter, maybe they add a bat at some point too. Um, I do think that a move is coming, but I, the sense that I get from talking with Derek Falvey yesterday and Paul Molitor is kind of that we're good. We're pretty happy with where we're at right now, whereas now if they make another move, it would sort of be gravy. Uh, that's why I keep telling people, a lot of people still want to know if they're going to go get like Jake Arrieta. I'm not saying there's a 0% chance, but I think that would be pretty unlikely before opening day. Yeah, this I think this sets them up to at least not stumble out of the gate. I mean, anything can happen, though, because baseball is weird. But sure. I would say this gives you a chance to get to the trade deadline. You're still one top arm, in my opinion, unless Jose Barrios becomes that, which he could. But you're still one trade away or one free agent signing away from really competing with the top teams in the American League. Uh, I don't think Anibal Sanchez is going to be that, but they did sign Anibal Sanchez, who used to, five years ago, be one of the better pitchers in baseball. So what, Derek, by the way, Derek Wetmore is in Fort Myers here at Hammond Stadium uh, for the next several weeks. What did you make of the Anibal Sanchez signing, and and what do the financials work out to be? It sounds like they could wind up paying him $5 million if all things work out. Or if they dump him before the season begins, it's $500,000. Is that right? Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I don't really like the signing that much. Uh, I think in general they've done a lot of smart things to put themselves in a good spot to say, hey, if this guy hits his upside, we're in a great position. And if he doesn't, well, we've limited the downside. I, I really appreciate their ability to do that. Um, let me back up and say, too, Sanchez has to clear his physical before it's official. He's here. I've seen him around. He's greeting teammates. But he's not throwing bullpens. He's not working out. Uh, the word I heard was that they were going to try to get him cleared today or tomorrow, and then that contract would become official. The short version of my analysis there, Phil, is that he could make $5 million if this goes great, but more likely he's not going to be a pitcher who makes 30 starts for the Twins. He's basically a broken pitcher, in my opinion, who over the past three seasons has just been bad. There's no two ways around it. And the Twins are talking about how they see some things that they can fix and that maybe his pitches are better, his secondary pitches are better than what his numbers indicate. And what I read that is that, well, he's just got a bad fastball and it just keeps getting tortured for home runs all the time. I don't expect him to make a meaningful contribution 
to the Twins, but if he's able to beat those odds and the Twins are able to find some magic formula and fix him with their numbers and you know their uh, their pitch usage and figuring out, well, this is a much more effective pitch, so you should throw it 60% of the time instead of 15 Okay, if, if if you can pull that off, which I think is a long shot, then you're then you're possibly talking about a guy who makes a contribution. And if that's the case, heck of a steal for the Twins, and you'd have to tip your cap that they were able to fix a broken man. As of right now, I see it as sort of a, a long shot lottery ticket. I think they should teach him the knuckleball. I think knuckleball. It's the, it's the only reasonable solution here. Yeah, um, maybe. Derek, uh, where do we stand on Miguel Sano and his uh, issue offseason being accused of sexual assault would you say would be a good way to characterize it where where do you stand on that in a potential suspension or uh, any punishment for major league baseball well i'm surprised to be honest with you that we haven't heard anything from major league baseball i talked to sano yesterday and he says that he hasn't heard anything and he doesn't want to talk about it i'm guessing the lawyers told him to say that but until major league baseball gives the twins some kind of heads up what's going to happen here we're all just sort of left in limbo, and Sano included in that, of course. Uh, he reported to camp. He's here, and he's working out with his teammates. He's taking ground balls. But, honestly, it's a waiting game. I, I don't know when we're expecting that decision. It, of course, has to come before opening day if he were to be suspended for any length of time. There's not really a lot of precedent similar to the case that MLB's investigating against Sano right now, so... Uh, at the risk of sounding callous or insensitive, it's just it's really hard to say how that's going to play out and if if it's going to affect him on the field. Uh, and and the other update on Sano is that he had that surgery and he's been cleared to do baseball activities. Been working out for three or four weeks, uh, but I think if you were being polite about it, you would say he hasn't gained a significant amount of weight from last season. And uh, you're you're seeing him walking around the clubhouse and taking. Is he, has, and he, stuff. Has, he hasn't lost weight or what do you? Absolutely not. He is. He has got to be. He's. I heard he's listed at two sixty, and I don't have a scale in my back pocket, but I don't think that's even close. I think he's way heavier than that, and he looks to me he noticeably bigger. He passed two sixty about seven exits ago on his sure. on his trip. And so, you know, not to make light of the situation, but he has been off his feet for most of the offseason because of the surgery he had this winter. And if you're just talking about a baseball side of things, I think the Twins are going to have to work to get him in better shape if he's going to hold up for a full season and be a 150-game third baseman for them. He should try doing a whole 30 and using a shake weight while he's sitting on a couch. I don't know if that's the kind of strength he's going to need uh, for baseball. He, get, don't get me wrong. He is a strong guy. Like He still has that strength. We watch him take BP on the field today. He can still crush it. But you see that big body. And, and I've been a, a long defender of him as a possible you know, better-than-average third baseman over there. I'm starting to uh, shift my opinion on that. If he's not going to be able to maintain his conditioning, maintain his physical shape, it's really hard to see a guy like that sticking at third base. Yeah, this is 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 it too early to like what's his what's his demeanor like? Cuz he's always a pretty gregarious, happy-go-lucky guy, but this has been a pretty tumultuous 6 to 9 month period for him. It's hard to read. You're right. It's hard to read that from my perspective, right? I'm behind the velvet rope. Uh who he is with his teammates, who he is when the clubhouse doors are locked, it's it's hard to say. But you do still see some of the smile. You see him greeting his teammates, signing autographs for fans today. Um, smiling and I, I assume happy to be back playing baseball, but a, tum- a tumultuous off season would be a good way to put it. And he hasn't reached the finish line on that yet. There's still it's unclear uh, if he's going to be physically ready to go 
Um, I, I expect he will be, but it's unclear yet. And then there's still this possible suspension looming over his head. So it's uh, not exactly sunny times for Miguel Sano, and um, you can understand why. Yeah. All right, Derek, uh, you can go find all kinds of written stuff from Derek on 1500ESPN.com, including some under-the-radar guys, more minor league-type players that you should have your eye on, and then we're going to record a touch em all podcast probably sometime this afternoon. So, All right, dude, we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, guys. Derek Wetmore down at Hammond Stadium in Fort Myers. Call it Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait. What rewards? A dual operator skin. Man, I love operator skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.